johnsyndicate.com. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Direct from the Vegas Strip. Are you looking to access the most powerful betting syndicate information directly from the Vegas Wise Guys? The same games that players walk into the casinos and move 5, 10, 20 dimes a game on week in and week out. Learn the secrets of the most powerful betting sources directly from our office to your ears. All you have to do to walk with that air of confidence is pick up the phone and don't stall. Make the call. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Call now. Call free for your access password at johnsyndicate.com. That's www.johnsyndicate.com. Call now. Call free. We're back for another edition of Sports Insider Radio with Costi. We got special guest Micah Smith coming on mid-hour on the show. What's going on, Costi? Uh, what is going on? Man, almost had a really, really good night last night. Um, got sucked in to the trap. I had other syndicate groups that, that loved Creighton. I don't know. I just didn't see the narrative. Uh, I thought that Creighton is overvalued. I mean, the team you're going to have it on independent nights where, you know, looking back, you go, oh, that was easy. Just take Creighton plus the points. But they literally, from the eyeball test, they could not miss from three. And in college, when you're at home and you can't miss from three, not just the first half, but the entire game, I mean, it's going to be very hard for you to lose. So, you know, independently lost, took a hit on that one, but, won the four other games that I gave out. Um, our groups were all over the opposite sides of the ranked teams. Um, in total, we had BYU at home versus a ranked team in Baylor, 11th in the country. We also had um, uh, San Diego State opposite, knew they were going to lose. They were going to get blown out. Everybody was giving me crap about that, but we, we loved Utah. Utah State at home. Also, cash for Florida State and Toledo at home. So, home teams win, man. You know, the only team that I, I took the road favorite road favorite uh, with Connecticut got blown out by 20. But, look, 4-1 still pays the bills. Uh, it was a very good night. I just feel like our systems and our groups, like, this is the stride. Um, we have one of our really good fans and, and one of our top clients, Brett, uh, mentioned to me that one of our top sharps last year went 17 and one in February, and he was hoping it would happen again, and, and it did. Not exactly the record, but the profit margin on Saturday was insane. So I, I think once you have the bearings for each individual season, it takes a little while to get in that sweet spot. And a lot of the groups now are, especially in college basketball, man, operating it high performance, um, you have a huge sample size of the season. It just seems that way that it's going to be a huge March Madness. So I know every year we talk about it, the edges, the the value increases 
dramatically for March Madness because you Oh, by the way, not to interrupt you, I just cashed a Ugo Umbert. I know you know who Ugo Umbert in the car. Oh, of course, you the open. tennis game yesterday. Yep. Uh, they won, he won 12 5. And um, so, you know, here we are on the air, cash and tennis. Uh, you know, I have people complain they don't like tennis, they don't like this, they don't like that. Come on, man. What, they don't like, like money? I guess they don't I like guess. money. Yep. That's it. So it's still fascinating to me, Eric, like to this day that people are so closed minded when it comes to sports betting. Like some guy talked, a guy called me this morning, super, super nice guy. Doesn't have the bankroll, probably will be a really good candidate once he eventually gets a big enough bankroll to be able to do our syndicate trading. But he's like, man, I get crushed on props. I get crushed on parlays. He's like, I don't want to do them. He's like, I know they're going to lose, but they're entertainment. I said, that's the reason why the sports books put them out there. They know lottery ticket betting is always going to get a lot of attraction, and it's not going to lose money for the sports book. So tennis, run it, man. You want to bet tennis and you want to not care about watching the game and just cash your accounts early in the day and you, you team that up with college basketball at night, it's just constant constant growth of your bankroll i mean that's that's what we do here we're we're the ones that have the connections to these groups because like we always say these groups don't want to deal with clients individually they're too busy betting the games themselves so if you're treating it like a business and you're invested long term you're going to make a lot of money doing this if you're just hyper focused on the outcome of last night or today and that's all that matters I, I guess you could sustain betting that way long term. I don't believe so, but if that works for you and you, you haven't had enough pain of trying to, you know, micromanage individual games and obsessing about the outcome of each game, you're going to drive yourself nuts. You're just going to go absolutely insane. But I'm excited. At the halfway mark, we're going to have uh, big time sharp come on. We're going to we're going to pick his brain, Micah Smith from uh, Legend. Very excited to have him on. He's a close friend of ours, but it's also fun, you know, it's, it's very to talk about him on air and, and pick his brain a little bit to see where what's happening in the landscape of syndicate betting directly from one of those guys that we get plays from. Um, I agree. I'm, you keep talking. I'm just trying to get some tennis. I'm looking for some tennis lines while I'm talking to you. Sorry. Mike, yeah, Mike, no Mike is fire, um, firing off at me. Um, well, so let's talk about the fact that there's been an NBA pause. I'll send you, I'll put you in the direction. Well, you know what? Talk about Sunday. I had two of the five runners in the, uh, tell tell everybody about that. That was ridiculous. Well, I mean, in, in, in the outright golf, um, matchups, and it's not something that we post in the channels, uh, unless you're uh, a super high end client. The reason for that is because. When you're doing the outcomes of the tournament winners, there's going to be a period where you might lose two months in a row outrights. But then one of them hits, or two of them hits literally in a span of four months, and you've made a lot of money because they're such long shots. Because in golf outrights, most of them are long shots, especially if there's guys that are not highly ranked that end up winning a tournament, which happens all the time. So we used to do that in the past. We got away from it because, again, 
clients can't sustain losing six tournaments in a row. There's no matter how much we try to explain it, doesn't work. So um, basically, unless you're like somebody that six, what's that? How about sixteen? How about sixteen? You know, you can lose twenty, thirty. You don't have to win any of them on the outright world. It's so the outright only takes one. So, but going back to it, uh, we had a big ticket on Zalatoris that was going to pay, I think, forty two thousand, and we had a big ticket on um, Cantley. Who was the who was the leader going into Sunday by three four strokes? Another one I paid thirty five plus, and literally it was I think it was halfway through the final round. I think it was I think the the the, the leader was maybe on hole eight, seven or eight, and there was five people tied at fourteen under. So when you called me and you said, "Man, how do you hedge it?" Well, it's too hard to hedge because there's even though the guys are tied, there's still guys from the bottom that can come in and grab it. But I mean, usually in that sense, you have the leader who's a good closer and you have two of the top five horses that are tied in the final round. Usually that, that will translate to one of those guys hitting, but you know, what happened was this is something that doesn't happen often. And, Hideki Matsuyama came in. He was five shots down going into the Sunday round, which to win being five down versus the leader is very hard to do in itself. But he ended up outscoring Cantley, who was the leader going into the final round by 10 strokes, which is insane. Cantley shot a one over. Uh, Matsuyama shot a nine under. So uh, anybody that plays golf knows how insanely hard that is. But, Golf is one of those sports where these guys that are pros are so good, tee to green, it all comes down who has the hot putter. And Matsuyama definitely had the hot putter. He was making insane long birdie putts, ended up shooting an insane nine under at a very hard course, and ended up taking it down. And he was a huge, huge underdog. I think he was 100 to 1. So it was, uh, we did not cash, but it, it's unfortunate. But I, any other day, I have two of the top five. Halfway through the final round, I'm in good company. So it's one of those that just didn't pay out. But, you know, analytically, having a leader going into the final round where you're getting a huge payout like Cantley is, is, is huge. And then having Zalatoris steam up there and be tied with the lead. I mean, it's we had what we wanted, just unfortunate it uh, didn't come to fruition. It's a wild, uh, it's a wild sport to wager on because you can make huge money with little risk. I would actually say if you have a small bankroll, that might be the sport to, you know, concentrate on. Would be tennis. Yeah, that you or know, NASCAR. Not, well, like last week, like I went that, five. Yeah. Last week, I went five and three on my matchups. I had eight matchups. So you know, again, you, there's the outrights, there's the matchups, there's the top ten, the top twenty, the top five. So there's a lot of ways to skin the cat if you, you know, but again, if you're working with small money, the outrights, you can nibble and, you know, it's, it's like hitting one of those crazy three team parlays when you hit it. I mean, a lot more than a three teamer, you know what I mean? Well, it's that. And, and in golf, each course is 
an advantage to a specific type of player. If somebody is a long player, certain courses favor that. If somebody who's just a, doesn't have to be a long player but is a precise, accurate, you know, iron player, some courses favor to that. If somebody's a really good putter, some court. So you could strategically, it's unlike anything else because in other sports you're dealing with, like even in tennis. Yeah, there's three different types of courts. There's hard court, there is clay, and then there's grass. But outside of that, you know, you don't really see huge underdogs win the tournament because you have to play five, six matches to win a tournament. You have to be consistent every day. In golf, you only have to be consistent for that one weekend. So if you get hot at the right time in golf, that's why you don't see guys unless it was Tiger back in the early 2000s that were just winning tournament after tournament after tournament. Like, you just don't see that anymore. They, they put up this crazy stat that Tiger was number one world ranking for so long that right now um, uh, Scotty Scheffler is ranked number one. He would have, and he's been number one for a couple of years. He would have to be number one every week until the year like middle of the 2035 or something like that. It just shows how crazy competitive the sport is now, even though it was competitive before Tiger was just that much better than everybody else. So for you to win multiple tournaments, like at most guys are winning three, four a year. And that's a lot. Like for somebody to win a couple majors is a lot in a single calendar year. So that just means there's a lot of parody and there's guys winning different tournaments and it's just who gets hot. So yes, to your point, I think that um, you could definitely get away with it with a smaller bankroll. If you have the logistics and analytics to be able to, to sprinkle around some small money on five or six guys and one of them to hit because the payouts are so tremendous. Yeah, I remember when I hit my first outright years ago, I was like, woo, and then I was thinking, then I had like a run where I hit outrights consecutively and think, oh, man, this is easy. And then, you know, you know how that ended. <laughs> Especially when you can't even count on having two out of, I mean, I had two horses out of five, two out of five horses in the race and still lost. So that shows you how hard golf is. If you're uh, hyper-focusing on each individual max matchup, each individual week, you know, it's just, um, it's too hard. And like I said, one of the things that, you know, to, to counter that is just the whole discussion about non, uh, what we call big market wagering, which we'll talk about with Micah, which is most gamblers probably make their life harder than it needs to be because they just refuse to understand that it's a market and that there is no difference between any shape or any ball or any sport. And they leave money on the table. I know there's clients that received the tennis today that last night that did not cash today because they don't like it. They just look at it. They watch it. When they go, oh, well, it's like in their mind, they're like, uh, just, they have a way to justify not betting it and winning, which to me is just the oddest thing ever. Because if you're in it to create alpha, you're in it to create alpha. You just don't care. Oh, and you would hope that, you know, 
going forward that, you know, it's this industry has morphed tremendously over the last couple of years. I mean, when we first, when the legalization first hit, um, to us, I feel like we were dealing with a generation of people that were young, small bankrolls, not treating it like a business, daily entertainment. They're just gamblers. There's, there's no logic to it whatsoever. But now, as a couple of years have gone on and more states have become legalized, you're starting to see a lot more guys that are uniquely in this space to treat it like a passive income without having to do the work themselves. So we're starting to definitely deal with much more mature and educated people that want to create wealth doing this because they realize the betting part of it is never going to make them anything except drain their bankrolls. So it's, it's changing. And again, a year from now, it could be completely different also, but you know, the groups that we deal with that are, you know, that's why I can't wait for Micah to come on the show. Uh, Definitely going to pick his brain about what's going on and what's in his, you know, wheelhouse of late. But even with him, I mean, the guy's, working from 5 a.m. where he was on a call with you and he's getting groups from games, games from groups at five in the morning till nighttime. I mean, he's literally a guy that's consistently getting sharp edges on every sport, whether it's soccer, tennis, golf, college bass, anything with an edge, he's actually getting edges on for him to figure out a way to get money down on these plays scaled over numerous accounts. So, um, you know, I think we have a grasp on it, but it just keeps developing, keeps growing and, and getting bigger and more diverse. So it, it's been really cool to see the evolution with the legalization. And I feel like in the beginning, it was very saturated with young, immature 20-somethings that were betting $10 parlay cards, where now it's it's definitely progressed uh, to to more stable individuals that are fully understand that if they keep doing it their way, they're going to get absolutely slaughtered. How's your college uh, baseball record? It's been really good, man. I mean, at you're betting everything. If you're betting every game at a, a thousand a game, which on a 50 K bankroll is 2%. You're up 19 grand on the season, 19 net games, which is phenomenal. I mean, it's at like 59%. And it's uh, and that's you know, in the beginning it was bad. So if you were in it for the first, are you month, talking about? Are, I don't. Are you talking about college basketball? College basketball, yep. Yeah, I'm, you didn't hear me. I said, "How's your college baseball record doing?" Oh well, it's not my college baseball. It's your college baseball, but five and zero oh so far to start. Um, this is really, you know, I'll be honest with you. This is the first year that we're doing it. Uh, we haven't done it in years past. It's always been MLB. We never had the groups to be able to provide us with this type of information, but man, you know, it's like, you can't even watch these games. I had, I had a, you know, our, our client Brett was telling me he had uh, the, the, what's it called game over the weekend. I'm trying to think of what it was. He couldn't even get live scoring for it. So he found a super fan on Twitter that was doing play by play. You can't, you can't even get scoring on the game. Long Beach State, that's what it was. Long Beach State, he's like, you couldn't even find anybody that, you know, 
and they had, which is weird. I had, I had people tell me that on ESPN, they had the game listed where they had scoring on it on another game, but they didn't have it on ESPN bet. I was like, that makes no sense. Like, what is that? That makes zero sense. Why, how are you going to have scoring, but not even the play? So it's definitely a niche market. Um, but man, out the gate, I'm impressed. Uh, I mean, I saw the data that these groups have provided in years past for college baseball, but this is actually the first year that we integrated as a portfolio bet for our clients that wanted to join for early bird baseball. So they're obviously all the guys that are in it for MLB are already getting these college games and they're, you know, they're basically free rolling the MLB season because by that point we're, we should be in a position where everybody that's subscribed for baseball is already paid for by the time baseball starts. Mm-hmm. So, Listen, five and O is five and O. Still a small sample size. I'm not like completely obsessed and you know jumping up and down. There's going to be losses along the way, but man, I'm I'm liking what I'm seeing so far. I just got three tennis matches, and sorry, I was uh, I'm listening to you doing um, it the whole show, man. You get, but here's the thing: you I'm can't trying. you can't Go sleep on it. You can't wait. That's the difference between. Somebody that has an opinion that just talks about the game itself versus real sharps that do this for a living like we do. It can't wait. It can't wait till after the show. It can't wait because the lines may move. You've got to get them in and you got to get them in at the right price. So there it is. If we're doing it in real time and, and somebody and you guys are listening to the show and we add the games to the Telegram channels while we're on air. It's because we're doing this for a living every single day, seven days a week, no holidays. So, this is it. This is what we signed up for. I love it. You know, I love the action. I love the the relationships I've made, and it's you know, my bank account likes it too. You excited about uh, Las Vegas going out? It's been a couple. I am, years. man. I, I haven't been since uh, when did we go? The year after COVID. Was the last time we went? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When it was like, it was a year after COVID, so there was. I think I don't remember if they. Yeah, they were just opening everything up. And um, I love March Madness. There, it's it's my favorite time of the year. Um, we get to meet up with the full squad, is what we're going to call it. There's going to be 20 different people there. Um, possibly some clients are going to be joining me. Um, we got a round of golf. Cascada that I'll probably ask Micah about. It's only t- you know it's only setting us back five hundred bucks around to to lose balls. I'm paying five hundred to be miserable. Eric, are you listening? I'm hundred to be miserable. Hopefully, I'm not miserable that day. Hopefully, I play well, but eh, we'll see. But yeah, we're playing Cascada one day. Um, a lot of meet and greets, a lot of schmoozing. Um, got my, my man from the morning show, Jay will be out there. Chris will be out there. Mitch will be out there. I mean, it's going to be really cool. I can't wait. Get to hang with these guys. You know, we're our whole office is going up. So it'll be a good time. Plus it's March madness, which is for betting purposes, entertainment wise, it's by far the first weekend of college basketball is the most entertaining for all the listeners. You can check telegram. Go ahead. I'm listening. You see, I'm working oh, I see real it. time. Go ahead. Yeah, I already see it. I already see it posted. Uh, 
And, and here's another thing people ask about, uh, you know, I'm an underdog guy in baseball. That is, that is an MLB. Other sports where you could be looking at chalk like tennis or uh, golf or anything else, it's just I'm, a, I'm just getting it and flipping it. Like, I don't even look. I don't care. Like, people will say, oh, man, look at that spread or look at that. I'm not even, I don't even look. I'm just flipping it. I get it. I get the right number. I just flip it. So, yeah, you just make sure the just, price is available for the clients to get it. Simple as that. Yeah, so I just I just sent out a nice dog. I just sent out a almost pick'em game, and I just sent out a uh, a favorite. Like, there's no rhyme or reason. It's not because I'm again. I you you couldn't ask me to pick these guys out of a lineup. Never even heard of these guys. You know what I mean? I'm just I just roll along, and if I can get it, I what get it? it, and if I can't, I can't what it takes, man. You know, it, it takes discipline to be successful. Like uh, we know, for example, with, with Big Al and his all access, um, the people that are on it, you're going to have trends where you're not going to make money for a week or two. I mean, the, we, we have data back from when we started this back in late September. There was a period where there was a month that we lost. So if you can't Handle the losing. What I mean by handle the losing, it means not get emotional that you're not winning money today, tomorrow, this week. Have composure, have discipline, because it always, always turns. Data-driven systems that we've had for years, I know it will turn. I don't know when. Sometimes you're just getting bad beat. Sometimes you're just getting bad luck, injuries. I mean, there's stuff, when you're dealing with basketball and football, you're dealing with teams and sometimes it just, you lose games even with the homework is done correctly. So it always turns long-term. There's a reason why we've been in the green since October and never look back. And the guys that understand the volatility don't care. And then when it turns good, it's not like I'm jumping up and down and going, Oh, this guy's not going to lose winning day yesterday, winning week last week. Great. Just keep it going. Big time in March madness. Let's let's keep crushing it, keep finding value, no matter what the homework is done correctly every single day, no matter if we're coming off losing or winning. And if you follow the strategy and you know somebody's got, you know, exceptional way of looking at this business and having data behind it, you're going to win money long term. It's inevitable. Well... I mean, I hear what you're saying, and it's it's like I always tell people on the phone, they don't like to hear it. You know, the easy part is the winning. Like, most people can't wrap their head around that. The easy part is the winning, which you can dive into, delve into it with Micah. I mean, Micah never loses. But what do you define as never losing? That's the hard part. So you, it's all about your time frame. It's easy to win. Every sharp that's a sharp is a sharp because they're a net positive, net positive better. The, the issue is the time. Most clients want it now. They want it all now. They want to win it all now. They want to hit a five-teamer now. They want to take a thousand. I mean, I talk to guys all day long before we get Michael on the air. It's like one of the biggest things with the legal sports wagering is the clients will call up and they'll say, you know, I got, I got 20 grand in my account. My, I, and I used to just take them at their word. 
Now I say to them, well, what did you start with? And it's always these lucky betters. It's like the guy walking into the casino the first time that pulled the uh, one-armed bandit hit and things slots are easy. These are guys that did all the wrong things to take a grand and turn it into 20. Parlaying, pressing games in game live, boost this, boost that, anything that a sharp would never do. And then you tell them what the fee is and they go, oh, I don't have that kind of money because they don't really have any money. They put $1,000 in their account and they ran it up to 20 grand. So now if I know that somebody has 20 grand in their legal sports book, but they started with $1,000, I'm treating that guy like he's a $50 better. I don't care what his balance is. He doesn't have the mentality because he's reinforced his bad habits by taking that thousand and turning it into 20. So what I explained to him is you didn't win the 20,000 first of all, because your net profit is 19 and it's only a profit. If you actually withdraw the money instead, it's an adult video game where it's not even an issue. If you're going to lose the money, it's just how you're going to lose the money. So what you've done is you've borrowed the money from the sports book to have the ammunition to keep playing, to invertibly blow your account out. And again, this is not data that I'm assuming. There's something like, um, I think it's like point half of 1% of all deposits in legal sports books. There's a, withdra- there's a withdrawal. Like the client actually takes a withdrawal, a non-sharp, a regular public better. You know what I mean? So I don't know. Is, was that Micah that I just heard come on the air? I don't know. He might have not called in yet. Um, but so having a big balance in your account, if you never withdraw the money, doesn't mean anything anyway. You know what I mean? It just doesn't matter. No, of course. I mean, it's, it's such a psychological game that most people don't really grasp. Clients call me all the time and I turn them away. It's just, I don't want to set people up for failure. I also know when somebody's a big talker that wants to make a lot of money, but doesn't have the discipline, it's like, they're going to, they're already set up for failure and I hate to see it, but usually they have to go through their own experience of losing before they come to the other side, that this is the way to make money in this business is extremely boring. Doesn't have the, you know, lottery ticket style betting of parlays. I mean, outside of golf, it's boring because that long shot can pay big, but on day-to-day trades, man, it's 2%, 2%, 2%, 2%. It's very incremental wagers, and there's no big game theory. Now, with NBA, we do have a system that has up to a 5% risk at times, but even, even so, that's only double 2%. You're still minimizing your exposure overall. Um, and I hear people all the time. They're putting 20% of their bankroll on a game. But then if well, I know lose, Micah, I know Micah, I know Micah's on the air right now. Micah, what are you putting? 20, 30, 40, 50% of your bankroll on a game? <laughs> What's up, guys? I put 100. 100. 100, 100 all of it? All of it? All of it? Hey, all you never texted me. You never texted me back. We cashed the first tennis game. What am I doing over here? <laughs> uh, line moved too much, man. Sorry. And the second one. All right, no much. problem. What's no up, problem. So we so uh, let's. I'll let you, Costa. You'll lead off with the legend next door, 
And, uh, uh, man, what, what do we say about Micah Smith and Tyler Smith? That's one thing we haven't covered in these shows. I mean, one wins 800000 one wins 400000 Is it a conspiracy theory? It's, is it like if your last name is Smith? I you think know, you're going to be in You the- know what? I, what I've come to a realization is they have an insider at DraftKings that just lets them win all these tournaments. What, can, <laughs> I, can I get the insider, too, man? Can I? Yeah. Me up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wish it was like that. No, it's, it's definitely still hard. You just got to, you know, find the right contest that has, you know, if we have some overlays, stuff like that. The stuff, you know, there's some advantages you can take up, you know, take up. Yeah, I mean, with with sports, man, it's 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 such a unique marketplace that from your. Well, hey, here, here's you want- what I want to know. I'm, I, I'm not trying to interrupt, but I got to know. Like, let's talk. But you did it, but you did Mike, it. Like, I know, but I can't help it. And you, Micah, knows I can't help it. And you know I can't help it. So we all know I can't <laughs> help it. Um, you don't think it's hard to win anymore, do you? Like, you're a loser for ha- than to win. It's hard right, to, to explain that to the explain that to the listener. You were losing for how many years? Before you were winning, and then how you trans- now, I, transfer? I started betting when I was 16 years old. When my brother went to college, uh, and I'd say for 15, 16 of those years, definitely a losing better. Kind of figure it out on my own. If I would have known what I know now when I was in college, it'd be a whole different story. But it's still never too late. Um, but now once you figure out how to win, the harder thing to do is how, how can you even bet? Because your accounts get closed once they figure out you're going to win. Do you have, I don't know, uh, well, just a lot that goes into it, man. If you don't have partners, it's like impossible to even to bet. You know, we use bearded accounts, you know, stuff that a lot goes into it. First, it's just winning. Now, once you win, then you need accounts. Like I'm messaging you every day to bet tennis for for me, <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, but it's but. different. We're partners, so I mean, I'm not a, a, tr- a true beard. I'm a more of a partner. But I, I hear what you're saying, and and what I would say is that the uh, when somebody's listening or subscribing for picks, and they hear a guy like you saying the winning is easy, that's betting is hard. You, the guy that's never won before, that was like you were betting in college. He's obviously hyper focused on handicapping and stats sure. and trends. So, ha- explain that to somebody. Like, act like a four year old's listening to this. You know, like, how can you say? You know, how does this client? How can you make a public better understand that the winning it really is not that hard? Yeah, what people got to understand is like the trends, like college basketball, like the Ken Palm ratings. Etc. That's all all factored into the number already. So people, it's hard for you to go to ESPN or any site and just uh, finding trends and, and that's all all that's you know already taken in, into account of in the number. So the people that win have models that have to be smarter than the guys that are making the number. Right? That's the only way you're going to get advantage of, and you win also by once you have that model, high volume of bets, different bets, make sure edge play out faster, not just going big on a couple games. You need volume for the edge to play out, if that makes sense what I'm saying. 
Um, mm-hmm. like a, and I've said a thousand times, like a card counter. He wants to play millions of hands, not just a hundred, right? Because this edge of hundreds random. You need a volume of different bets for it to play out, and you got to always be adapting to change in the number. Yeah, I mean, like sports books are going to be hanging numbers that are that cater to their bets, so you can take advantage of that. Like where they may be high on, on like in like 49ers for the Super Bowl, like some books were minus one, some were minus two, you know, just depending on their on their bets. But um, you can take advantage of that if you have a model or partner with the right people like you guys that have the information, right, to, to, to you know, to place bets like your other guy in New York, he's, he's getting limited too. I mean, when you right. give him stuff, a tennis bet and the line moves, 30 cents after you bet it, be ready because trouble's coming soon <laughs> as far as them cutting you off if you're getting a lot so of let me play. So let me play devil's advocate. What do you say to the guy that's, um, and I'm not saying this is our guy in New York, but what do you say to the guy that is very private, doesn't have a network, is a one-man show, doesn't have friends that bet, he's just very anonymous and private and would never – want to reach out to other people and say, Hey, um, could you open an account? I'll send you the money. Like what it's that, then it becomes even harder. Right. Right. At one Uh, point your name just gets burnt out. If it's legal, you're, you're, you only have one name. (laughs) So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so the power is in the people, right. Is in the network of having a lot of people. Yeah. 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 I mean, and I'm sure you have. I were to, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I say if I were to ever run out of accounts, I'm, those guys are going to move on to the next Micah, right? The originators that need accounts. Like when we went to Bet Bash, when we went to Bet Bash. Um, there's this is out of a hundred people, there's one or two people that has accounts. Everybody has the information they want somebody to help them bet. That's how hard it is. Right, just and so that let's get into that. Let's get into this. Let's. Flip. So, why do they have a negative connotation of selling the information? Meaning, they're anti-handicapping service. They're anti-sports information service. They're anti-tout service. If I'm if I'm at Bet Bash, I'm just putting myself in there, and I have the winners, but I can't get accounts. But I can make money selling those plays to thousands of people. Why? Why? Why are these guys? I mean, I don't really care that they are. I'm just. What's your personal opinion? Because I know you went with Mitch, and Mitch was wearing yeah. his pick dog shirt, and people were like giving him the scowl. So, like, what's that all about? <laughs> I just think, to me, in my opinion, man, it's kind of having like tunnel vision. Um, I've been a part of both sides of it, and I can. There's a. <laughs> I feel like it kind of gives away a secret, but I guess there's advantages no, you don't, to you don't have doing to say anything. that. You don't want to say anything? No. I mean, advantages to doing that and finding accounts, too. I mean, I, but, I mean, I think they, the guys like that, like, they have their tunnel vision. They just think it's just, all right, that is bad. I'm not going to even consider the idea that it may be okay, right? Um, but. I don't know, man. They just. But in the end of the day, in the end of in the end in the end of the day, if you couldn't get any accounts, you'd still have the information to sell to thousands of people. So there's always 
and they're not in conflict with each other. Somebody buying uh, our guy in New York buying our plays doesn't hurt you from having accounts and making your plays. Two things can be true at the same time. Well, what those guys think, man, is, all right, let's say you have a play, for example, on uh, a Maryland minus 7, minus 110 tonight. They think, and which they have a point, is, all right, you're going to flood, send that play out to thousands of customers, right? That line is not going to stay minus 7, minus 110 by the 20th person that bets it's going to move, right? And then at what point is that bet no good anymore? You know, that's, they're like, think about it. You know, oh, you uh, tout plus the market with one pick. Does it mean that it's still good after 20 or 30 people bet it, right? So some people right. may be betting bad numbers. Some may be betting good numbers. Um, if that answer your question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just sent, he just sent me a text. He's listening. He said, Micah knows that my accounts are on life support. <laughs> Our guy. <laughs> well, I mean, now, I'm what sure it, he has a wife or a brother or a cousin. You know, I mean, it's, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And what, let me ask you something. How? What? What's the deal with the offshore accounts? How um, generous are they? Is it more competitive for them to not cut people off because of the legalized wagering? I'm not talking about credit paperheads. I'm talking about you know the the Costa Rican guys I mean, where you send. You would think like. Like Bovada, like when I bet for Rufus for for year, couple years, it's, well, eventually they got tired of it. And the moment I place a golf bet at Bovada, and I don't know if they're, I don't care anymore. I'm not even betting there now. That they're zoned in on, I think they're zoned in on my location because the once I place a string of bets, if I stop and come back to it, the account's cut. I mean, so it comes to a point. Yes, there you do cut people off once they see what's going on. Um, but I think if you do a bigger market sport, maybe some live stuff or something that you would last longer. But once you build up a so you were telling me, so you were telling me about the college baseball. Obviously, we're in a nice little run here, five and zero to open the season. Yeah, it was a thirty. But you said this morning that these guys aren't going to be aggressive early in the week. Plus, I don't know if you can get the volume down on college baseball, right? And I know you were actually a college baseball player yourself, so. You know, you weren't betting college baseball, I'm sure, prior to hooking up with these groups. Oh, no. I mean, the moment you walk into D1 college, you have a meeting on gambling. That's the first meeting I ever had before I even met my coach. Um, but, no, yeah, you can't do that. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I mean. How the, are the, the limits? The college, well, the college baseball guys, I mean, they're so focused also on college basketball, too. So that's why they like, and also in college baseball, most of the time, when, when at least when I was playing weekday games in college baseball, or out of conference games, normally, right? You're pitching your second tier, third tier level pitchers. You're not throwing your aces. And when you get into conference, it's usually a weekend thing, right? And then you're, you're that's when you have your full force, your best people on the mound pitching, et cetera. So that probably plays into it a little bit. Um, but he had some relievers even when I was playing for pitch the midweek game, just to got it. Scheduling okay. games that are not good like know. good, uh, you know, good um, opponents, et cetera. Uh, like you may have a Clemson playing a Stetson or something like that midweek games, uh, where your conference games are what matters because you got to you know win your conference, you get seated higher when it comes like regional time, et cetera. Um, 
but that's more important in college baseball versus the random games. Now, I, I am a little irritated. I'm a little irritated that you did not call me on Sunday morning and tell me to bet uh, Hideki at 100 to 1. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a little irritated myself because the, every morning I check the live line every morning, and that thought I, on my kids crossed my head. I was like, man, he can go, you know, he can get hot. Um, he's like the one player that can get hot at a court because he's won at the Masters before, and, and that that those putting greens were super fast. Um, but I, the thought crossed my head, but for like five seconds. And I was at my daughter's so, competition, and I kind of like it left me. And I, I mean, you but two I, are golfers. I'm not, I'm not a golfer. That that's a rarity. That's not a weekly occurrence, right? No. No. But the, no. The, the year, this whole year has played out like a bunch of 200, 300 or ones that won, but they've been in the running. The no, he's saying. Time. Eric's saying to be down five strokes going into no. the final day and to be able to win. That's it's rare. kind of rare. It happens, but it's definitely yeah. rare. Um, I'm more aggravated by after the day three or in day three, he had a five shot. Cantley had a five shot lead, and the second place golfer was fourteen and one, and he was minus one fifty. I'm like, we're winning this thing, right? Um, but what did you think? Whatever. What were your odds when they were all tied at fourteen under, and you had two of the five horses? What did you like? Think uh, your odds were at that point. I didn't. Well, I didn't feel good about Cantley. Obviously, I was hoping for Zalatoris to come through. That's what I was hoping for. And then I texted Costi and I said, how do we hedge it? And he said, you can't. (laughs) It's not possible, man. I mean, you really could, though. You could have bet all the other three guys small if they were having crazy. I would have lost. He wasn't. Matsuyama wasn't part of the five guys. Yeah, he wasn't. That's right. Oh. Yeah, you would have lost. He was way behind. Mm -hmm. Oh, so when I texted you, there was five guys minus 14. He wasn't even in it. Yeah. He was even he went there. nine <laughs> under. He went nine under. The mo- the second best was six under, which was Zalatoris, because he was behind going into the final day, and everybody else yep. had like a, a crappy round to finish. Right. I mean, Cantley finished plus one. At Literally one point, Luke Liss was minus two hundred to win that tournament because he got a hot start at the beginning. He, had he was three shots. He was lead. leading by two at one point. Yeah, yeah, he was minus two hundred at that point. Because um, I always watch the live feed on Sundays because it's faster than the TV. Um, and he was leading, right? But he can't yeah, he was, close. Yeah, he was, so, yeah, he has putting problems, but he's won before. But um, but this tournament, we're, we're going to have some bets in in a second. Um, it's a bombers course. This, the Mexico Open is. If you can drive far, you can do pretty good here. So, Costi, you can do all right there. Costi can do good there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 100%. <laughs> I could drive 330 in the middle of the fairway all the time. Now, for yep. a bunch of guys that are like pro gamblers, when you guys play golf, I never see you guys betting. Like, I hear all these stories of people betting a 1,000 a hole. You guys just go oh, out and always play bet. golf. You don't even – oh, you do bet. I always bet. We always yeah. bet. But, yeah, no, but, but it's fun. I'm I'm a I'm a small like to me I'm, I play better when I I'm a bet professional for I all you guys listening I'm a professional golf cart um, driver with a cigar if you want to see the cigar, last time yeah. I swung if you want to see the last time I swung uh, a golf uh, club you can go over to my non updated Instagram at John's Syndicate 
on Instagram. Yeah, but that's that's um, not fair. You're left-handed. You were swinging right-handed. Of course, it's going to look weird. True that. True. We, we got to give you left-handed clubs, and then you could swing. That's right. Well, you two are left-handed. We got three lefties on. No, um, you guys. Mike, do you play left? I play right. I used to play left. I play left. So I was about. You used to play 15. left golf. Yes, I play left forever. I left really? everything. How did you then switch? I, my dad, he, he wouldn't buy me any clubs, so I, I kind of grew out of the set that I have. So I just switched <laughs> right-handed. <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 lefty, but I never played baseball growing up. It was just I played lacrosse, football, basketball. Never played baseball, but when I played like you know street, like playing the street with a wooden yep. bat, like something like that, I always batted right. So that's where I, I swing. I swing. I play works. tennis left. I throw left. Oh, that's weird. But I bat right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I'm, I'm useless. I'm lefty all the way. I play guitar left. I, yeah. I, everything's left. I can't do one thing do with my right hand. You guys left. remember I had shoulder yep. surgery. I was in a sling for six months, and I, they say, oh, you're, gonna right. be, you, your non-dominant hand is going to get stronger. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. It was useless. Useless. Now, let me ask you, with pitchers and golf, uh, let's talk about baseball correlation. I'm just curious, since we're bringing this left-right hand up, does it matter? Is there like a – obviously, we know left-handed pitchers have an edge in baseball. Is there any value – Is there, are there any like good pro players that because they're left-handed it matters, or does the handedness of the golfer not matter like it does in baseball? In golf? Oh yeah, yeah, that obviously plays into the course. If you have a lot of dog leg rights, and their lefty is a guy that likes to play a fade, he probably might not do good there, right? That's why the Masters is usually sets up good for Nicholson. I mean, he he he's well back in the day because he you know, fade the ball, but yeah, it he's, definitely he's, plays into he's it. He's a lefty. He's a lefty. He's a lefty. Yeah, yeah. Um, God, yeah, always. But there's always courses that are course fit for people. That's a hunt. That's definitely there. Um, so I know this is not sports wagering related, but let me ask you because I, I am interested in the whole golf thing because of the betting that we're doing. So I asked Costi this the other day. He just joined a new club because he's like he's a club. Oh god, he's a club hoe. He, he's a club hoe, Micah. He hops from club to club. So now it's he's got the this second new club time that's up the it's street. Only the first time I switched uh, club. But yeah, how can you have how can no, you have fun have playing? The same club over and over and over again. Well, you get where I'm sure Kasi has his own group he plays with. It's like the guys that I used to play with, they play three, four days a week at the same one I'm a member of. Um, no, I mean, it's, it's fun. I mean, you have your, I mean, tell them, Kasi, I mean, you have your, yeah, you have your, your tournament that you games. do. Yeah. Yeah, you do the tournaments. It's one, it's, it feels like you're playing at home. So, like, when you go to these other courses, yeah, you get to play them, but the thing when you're at a club and you're at a country club, the the conditions of the course are ten times better than a public course. So cost cost efficiency, honestly, for me because I play so much, it's about the same or maybe a little cheaper. For people that don't play a lot, the country club will be more expensive. But mm-hmm. for me, I like the home element. Um, it's a great practice course. It's close. I can go practice. It's yeah. two minutes from the office. There's a pool. Yeah. You can lunch, take clients there. I, I love taking clients out when they come in town to go and, and meet up or potential business. 
ventures that I'm, I want to get into that I meet out and, and a golf course is, is great for that. Cause you're outside, you're there for four hours and you get to shoot the shit with these people. So, um, I love it to me. It's a sport where it's more of my meditation used to be working out. Now it's golf. It'll probably eventually switch back to working out, but whether it's working out or golf, it's, it quiets my mind and I'm able to just to focus on whatever I'm doing and, and, and just being out there and, trying to get a good score, hanging out with buddies. I get it. I get it. I get it. It's, it's, it's like Mike, me with the cycling. I get it. Let me ask you, Mike, a question that people ask me all the time. Since you are a professional better, what is the easiest sport to win at if you're a not a professional better? So I'll let you, even if there is one. So is there an easier sport or are they all the uh, same? No, I mean, there's easier ways, I would say. In my opinion, it would be like, it depends on your type of account you're using, but props is very easy. Like, I have these prop guys, they have, they have, I have to tell them, all right, well, how much do you, what's the max win you want in this account per week? Right? Because they will just crush it and they'll hit that max every week. So I want to say, okay, this is a 1K credit account. You want the max to be $800? They'll hit that max. I mean, they have, the props to me, I think is very easy. I mean, not very easy. It's easier. Um, but I think that's probably a best start if you're trying to do it on your own. Um, but in like with like NBA or in, in any kind of pro sport props. So how's the volume there? Props, you know? Like, how's the volume it's on sick. props? Like, in the- it's sick. a lot of volume because a lot of these sites now have college basketball props. I- I'm sorry. You know, I don't mean volume. I mean dollar amount per wager. I'm sorry. I mean, like limits. Well, it depends on the like, credit. So, I mean, it depends on the credit. Like these guys will have some groups that won't take small accounts. So this guy will take these guys will take one K credit accounts, right? Because and they'll they're fine betting fifty a game, but they have two thousand of these one K credit accounts betting fifty a pop. You know, um, but, but I think that's probably one of the easiest sport. Live is very good if you know what you're doing. Um, live can be definitely be. Especially in a credit account, it can be for sure. Um, and what about the guys that don't live in that world and they just live in a state where it's just they get into wager because well, it's that's not legal? The thing. I mean, you start winning at a high volume on these small market sports, your account is going to, I mean, not to say winning, just beating the clothes and placing any sport high volume, your account's going to get cut. Like, it's going to get, that's the, pro, that's the problem you got, you know. Um, so if you can find back an to edge what you said, market, back to what you said originally, which is the winning is easy, the betting is hard. You just got to figure out that part of it, um, and there's ways to do it. I mean, just have you ever imagined? Have you ever imagined there'd be an industry designed where they only want your business if they know you're going to lose? That I mean, in essence, that's yeah. what you're saying. They only that want your crazy, business yeah. if they know you're going to lose. Yeah, the problem too, man. You have with these. Well, how much time we got? Five minutes. Uh, you have these. If these betting groups or these these guys that sending you the plays, if those guys never got limited, you wouldn't have that information because they have wouldn't have no point in giving it to John and Mike, right? Right, 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 need, right. Got it. They want to be able to get down. They're all cut off. We're all cut off. It, I mean, you know, you have, most of you guys' accounts are cut off. Um, so, I mean, they need that, um, 
they need to be able to get down. So, I and mean, that's the problem. So, yeah, so these sports book limit win, win, winners, but it helps the people like myself. I'm not an originator. I don't claim to be one. Um, they help like, do work for them and get this information. And so you could sell it, do whatever, you know, do what you need to do to help. So they can, they're happy give, getting a certain amount. You can do what you want to with the rest. Like you sense. said, you have a you have one group, one book that won't cut you off because he's basically taking the games for himself and playing them somewhere well, that's, else. That's a, you would think I've had hundreds and hundreds of accounts. I've got one bookie that's ever that's ever did, did that one. You would think there would be smarter guys out there that would want that. Um, but, right, but yeah. Do you think? I mean, that guy. Yeah, he has no no problem. Sure, keep betting. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. So this is it. You know, like I said, when you come on, I always say on my videos, coming from the outside to the inside. When you get to the inside, the the, the script is flipped. Everybody's yep. looking for winners. Everybody's trying to figure out how to hit. I was going to ask you, uh, in your world. And I'm not talking about baseball, but in the basketball and football, do you guys do any parlays, or is it never? No, yeah, like the, the guys I work with in the fall, they're always doing like correlated, not correlated parlays, but if they see, let's just say their model has four college football teams at a 12% edge over the book, right, four spreads, and they will parlay those together to be able to bet more because they can't go bet – 10,000 on each, but they could parlay it for 1,000 if those four are correlated with a higher edge for their model, if that makes sense. I might explain that correctly. Yeah. Yeah. No, there you are, are people that 100%, 100% parlay in it. Correct. If it, if those are like their strongest four plays, yeah, they're going to parlay them. 100%. There are guys doing that now. The music, soccer. believe it or not, I think the music took us um, well almost to the end. I'm going to wait till the music rolls. But yes, I mean, I like hearing about that because I think most people use parlays in the wrong manner. Which is they just yep. want to bet a three teamer every night to try to take a hundred dollars and turn it into a thousand or six hundred. And you can preset one of your legal accounts like that to your casino app by placing parlays that have a high edge, you know. And the the books think you're, oh, this guy's a parlay square, you know. Exactly. Well, guys, we had Micah on. If you want to find out more about Micah's information, you can check out his little video at legendnextdoor.com. You can always call me direct to get access to whatever we got cooking here. And as always, pleasure to have you. Another edition, another week at sportsinsiderradio.com. I'll see you guys next week. Maybe we'll have you on Thanks more for coming more on, Micah. as we get through the golf season. Right, see you later. Send me those golf. Send me those golf plays when we get off the I air. You, I got you. I got you. All right, guys. See you next week. <laughs>